0: Welcome. This is John Murtha coming to you from WNZN Radio, Lorain, Ohio. We're very happy that you tuned in today. I think we have a very very special show. As promised, we're going to have special guests, and we have one today. Um, but before we start, I just want to let you know if you're having a problem getting the sound right on your radios, you might want to live stream us on your computer, and you'd simply go to www.wnzn.org. That's W N. Zn.org. And once again, I'm in uh in the taping with my good friend and assistant David Abud. Hey Jack, David. great to
1: be here with you today.
0: And his son, who will be headed off to college at Grove City on Friday. Tristan. Last one. Uh-huh. All right, excellent. And a very, very special guest, as promised. This is Jack Danemiller, who I'm going to be introducing you to, and he's going to be telling us his life story. Just an incredible journey. Uh, that's been a blessing to many over the past decades, uh, both in uh, not just locally, but uh, nationally, and we're going to see even internationally with some of the books and the literature that he's been uh, blessed of God to distribute around the world. It's a, really a global global outreach. For that having been said, uh, proper name is John C. Dannemann, but we're going to refer to you as Jack. Is thank that you, okay, Jack. Jack.
2: I go by Jack. <laughs> if you say John, I probably won't respond.
0: Okay. <laughs> so Jack, uh, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. To be part of this radio uh interview today and so i just want to say jack once again thanks for coming and maybe you could tell our listeners just a little about your life story uh it's very interesting i mean i'm just looking at you know your background here tell us about your life story uh your family but and and then how you came to christ and how you got interested in the whole thing of apologetics and evangelism And we'll go from there just
2: all right thank you very much john it's a pleasure to be here among uh, christian brothers and uh, to share some thoughts about my life. That's amazing how fast my life has gone, I'm 83 now. 83. Uh, wow. And it seemed like yesterday when I accepted wow. Christ when I was 17, Wow. Um, my mother didn't drive and she asked me to take her to a church service on Wednesday night. And of course I was 17 years old and always eager to drive the car. So I mm-hmm. said, sure, I'll take you and I'll sit in the car. But I decided to go in and sit in the back of the church. I've been going to church, Baptist church, for you know as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, And I knew about Jesus, but I really hadn't thought about uh, needing him as a Lord and Savior. And the message that night spoke to my heart. I didn't get up and walk forward, but I prayed to excite Christ as my Savior. Uh, And that began to change my whole perspective on my future. Mm. I didn't become an immediate Bible scholar, Uh, it wasn't one of those bolts of lightning like Paul got on the road to uh, Damascus where Jesus spoke to him. But God did speak to my heart. Uh, And I began to. uh, Uh, really look at his word in a different way. And I was off to college, went off to Case Institute of Technology. I had a great freshman year. We won the PAC basketball. We were 20 and one, Uh, my favorite sport. I played football and men are under Lee Trestle. Unfortunately, I had a shoulder separation injury that ended my football career, but Mm. kept me in basketball. Uh, Returned for the sophomore year and mid sophomore year, I discovered uh, that my parents were separated. It was a shock. Mm. When you accept Christ, that's not supposed to happen right? Yeah, right. Supposed to you. Yeah, right. It's supposed to be everything good. Well, it was one of the first trials, and it created a tremendous financial crisis for me. I had to stop playing basketball. I was able to uh, get some help from some family members uh, and stay in school. I was thinking of joining the Navy, because I didn't think I could afford to stay at Case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God provided, uh, the school provided, uh, and I did graduate. But I didn't see my father again for almost 20 years. He just walked out of my life. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, and that was a really hard, hard time in my life.
0: You're you're 19 years old at the time. Uh, 19 years old, mm-hmm.
2: and so becoming a Christian doesn't mean life's going to be easy. Uh, and Jesus said, you know, in this world you will have trials, but take heart, I will overcome the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: and then six months after graduating from college, my best friend Don Reed got killed in an automobile accident.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: Uh, uh, he a truck went through a red light, hit him broadside, killed him instantly. So talk about a shock. So I'm. I'm here, and then the Lord uh, introduced me to a young lady named Jean Marie Sheridan who had come from Michigan State to the Diamond Alkali Company, which I joined after graduating from Case uh, in my engineering discipline. And that was a real godsend, if I can use that term, a wonderful, believing young lady, love at first sight, Mm. uh, and we were blessed to be married for almost 58 years. Wow. She went to be with the Lord 17 months ago. Mm It's still hard for me. It's it's one of those uh, griefs other people go through. Mm -hmm. You think you understand until you do it. Uh, But along the way of the journey, uh, I was able to uh, uh, be disciplined by a lot of good Bible teachers, including John Murtha, who's Mm. doing this interview. Mm. (laughs) But the Lord had us on a journey that we didn't expect. Uh, We moved 11 times in our journey with Diamond and other companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and each time we moved, God put us in a place where we grew spiritually. Boy. Uh, and it always brought our family together. Every time you uproot and put it back down, right. the first thing you do is find the best school system. And the second thing is you find the best church. Yeah, that's good. Maybe that's not like the wrong priority, but when you got kids in school, you won't sure they get a good education. Sure. Concurrent with that, they're kind of in parallel. And so that was a, a, quite an experience in our lives to move all those times. But I had two... Many experiences where God saved my life. I just could share two of them today. Sure. Uh, just to show you uh, how God does intervene. Uh, in 1977, I had come back from a trip to South Africa. Uh, I had a real eye problem, and I w- it was so severe, it felt like somebody was sticking knives in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I my ophthalmologist sent me down to the Cleveland Clinic, the Cole Eye Center. Mm-hmm. And I went to this uh, building, and I saw the sign on the elevator. It said... Department of Rare and Contagious Diseases, and I thought, oh my god, oh my goodness. So I hit the elevator button with my elbow, (laughs) took a deep breath, stepped inside, and held my breath to the third floor. Mm. And I stepped out, and there were two doctors in white coats, and I explained my situation. They put me in an examining chair, and I'm sitting there. Well, the pain was so severe that my heart stopped.
1: Oh my gosh. The next thing I knew
2: that my spirit was out of my body, up by the ceiling of the room, and I could see the two doctors in their white coats saying, he has no pulse, he has no pulse. Oh,
1: oh my gosh.
2: Uh, and you know, they're kind of panicked. And I'm, I'm taking this all in. The interesting thing was I could see, I could hear, I can understand, you know, your brain's in the body in the chair, but you, it's, your mind is True. in your soul. Mm-hmm. So your mind is processing all of this and you can see. Amazing. Wow. I don't know how long I was out, but they got my heart stopped and I came back into my body. Wow. Uh, uh, and they discovered I had some bacteria that were boring holes into my eyes that I picked up in South okay. Africa And they gave me some kind of super antibiotic and about a week later It cleared up. I thought I was gonna go blind or something. Oh my God, wow, what's going on here? So I know that we have the eternal spirit uh, And mm-hmm. some people don't believe that we do, mm. but I can tell them. I know we do Fortunately, I was a believer. Mine was going up. I've heard stories of people who were going down and how horrible it was right. as they entered hell and escaped. A year later, I was on a trip in uh, Norway on a business trip with a, with a Christian friends. We were, we were, our company then was the major supplier of chocolate for making chocolate milk, believe it or not. Huh. We were working with our chocolate suppliers in Germany and in the Scandinavian countries. And one night, I was lying in bed at the hotel in uh, Norway, in Oslo. about midnight probably, heard his voice saying, Jack, Jack, I'm thinking, Must be the guy I'm traveling with, but how can he be in my room? Maybe he's outside the door. You know, you're half awake, and so I I woke up and I said, I looked around, I said, Somebody's in the room. I didn't see anybody. And I heard his voice, Jack. And then I realized it was God calling me. And I said, Yes, Lord. He said, remember the words this very clearly. He said, I have a plan for your life, but you have to trust me totally. I said, I do, Lord. He said, No. He said, I want you to trust him in everything. I said, I do, Lord. I said, Need to trust me with your finances. We got to the heart of the matter because after the financial crisis, way back when I graduated from college, I decided I would take care of the finances, and I would and I'll let Lord take care of the rest. Sure. I wouldn't depend on Him for that. He said, "I want you to begin tithing your total income as an indication of your trust in me." Wow. And I, you know, I said, "Okay, I'll do that." And the conversation it ended right there. Well, when was that? 1978. It was okay. a year after my experience, wow. my, my out-of-body experience. Wow. So I came back and told my wife, Jean, I said, I, the Lord has a plan. I don't know what it is. He didn't say, here's the 10-year plan. He said, I have a plan, like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 applies to me. He said, but we have to figure out how to get our budget arranged so we can tie to total income. At that point, we were living in Texas. We moved to Dallas, one of our many moves. Okay. Uh, and. He didn't say do it immediately. I said, we got to get this done, and we figured out within a year to rearrange our budget, we're saving for the boys' college and stuff, and ended up, within a year, beginning to tithe our total
0: income. So on that, what did you see as a result of that tithing and that giving uh, as time would progress, Jack? Uh, uh,
2: uh, I would say abundant blessings beyond anything we could have dreamed or imagined. Mm. God blessed us so much with opportunities, professional opportunities, opportunities to serve him through his church, and financially. I mean, it seemed like the more we gave away, the more God entrusted mm. to us. Mm. Uh, and so we're in a position today, we created a Jubilee Foundation, which is support ministries. We're supporting mm. over 20 ministries, besides tithing the two churches mm. uh, and other things. And yeah. that's, and we keep it private. I mean, it's sure. personal us. We changed the foundation to a donor-designated fund because the the uh, administrative work for Jean, and she was our corporate secretary for that, was overbearing, but she had her own ministry. She had a note writing ministry. And she wrote over 50,000 notes to, up to people in her lifetime. 15, who was this? Uh, my wife, Jean.
0: She wrote 50,000 50, personal, personal notes.
2: notes <laughs> handwritten personal notes. Nobody ever threw them away. Holy smokes. When, she, when <laughs> she went to be with the Lord, people would send me copies of those. We saved this. Jean sent this to us when my when my dad passed away, or when my son got injured, or when wow. we had this accident. And uh, so we, I had a ministry partner. Uh, and wow. She had committed her life to Christ when she was 13 at a Christian camp in Michigan. So we had this wonderful foundation that grew together in Christ's love for all these years. Uh, why, I'd like to explore that just a yeah, little bit, sure. Jack.
0: So she wrote, 50 over the course of her lifetime, 50,000 personal notes to friends, people that are hurting, people that are in a hospital, and... She's yes, incredible. But
2: she had a unique handwriting. People thought she had a computer that did it, <laughs> uh, and not really wasn't the calligraphy. But it really was so perfect. Uh, and at Bay Church, for example, for 15 years, not only was she uh, the accompaniment of uh, accompaniment for the uh, the piano for the uh, uh, Promise Crom- uh-huh. uh, Choir, but she was the note writing ministry. And so she'd get a list every week of 20 or 30 names of people who in our church needed. Someone to contact them. And she would sit down and then she would buy the cards. She'd go to Hallmark. She must have been the biggest customer Hallmark ever had. And <laughs> buy all these cards and write personal notes to everybody all week long. Besides oh, her amazing. music ministry, wow. she played the organ, the piano, the harpsichord, <clears> sang Holy the chorus. Cow. Uh, so I was blessed with a wonderful gift and I missed her very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I want to segue just a little, yeah. Jack. This is an incredible story. I mean, I've learned things I didn't know before about your life. But I know that you really are involved deeply in apologetics, yep. explaining the Bible, explaining the gospel. How did you get into that? I mean, what caused you to go in that direction?
2: Well, that's a very good question, John, and thanks for asking it. But my, uh, my partner uh, in ministry, uh, Reverend Irving Stubbs, uh, got me started in writing books. And he called me one day, uh, five years after I retired, and said, would you like to write a book with me? And I said to Irving, I was really thinking about lecturing at graduate school, maybe teaching full time. He said, No, I think we ought to write a book. I said, OK. And so uh, I prayed about it, and the Lord said, Go ahead and have at it. So we wrote a first book called The Invitation, which was an mm-hmm. invitation from the Gospel of Mark to get people to know the real Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wrote it in a style that Jesus taught in, which is called dialogue or the Socratic method, mm-hmm. so that people could dig deep and find real truths and not just skim across the surface. Because we knew from our experience together that discussion is from the root word percussion, we people bounce things back and forth at a surface level, never dig down deep, never mm. find the truth. Mm. We know that in dialogue, the way Jesus taught, he ask and answer questions. He makes Jesus made me laugh many times when when someone would ask him a question that he'd ask them a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't answer the question, I'm not telling you either. Exactly. either. <laughs> so he had a wonderful sense of humor. So that was the first effort that we had, and it was very well received. Uh, and and that was when? That, that was your first in, book. That uh, was probably, what, what's the copyright on it? I forget. It probably 19, uh, 2008
1: or so. Oh, okay. That was, that that right? was the first effort. Wow. 2008.
2: Uh, and then my friend Irving got on a roll. He said, well, let's write another book because we really to not just introduce him to Jesus yeah. the invitation, but let's take him on a journey. Let's take him on a journey and dialogue and let's t- say how Jesus transformed people's lives the gospel of John is a transformation gospel so we we use that as our basis so we walk through the transformation and then the next step of course is well what do you do with all that you know well you live the Christian life and they were called Hmm. people of the way so we called it lighting the way Hmm. uh, which was from the the book of Romans because that's where Paul talked about establishing the churches and all the things that Paul was called to do and we're called to do today and so we wrote that and I thought we were kind of finished he said, I've got a couple more ideas. And I said, oh, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll be honest. laughs> you know, I said, what else do you have in mind? He said, well, he said, let's, know, let's let people know they're still covenant people with God, that God's promises that were given to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are true to us today as followers of Jesus Christ. So we wrote a book based on Exodus <clears throat> from Moses called The Covenant. And the, the cover had two gold wedding rings, uh-huh. modern, mm-hmm. bringing it to a modern day. Uh-huh, thing. Sure. Kind of, take, I kind like of fashioned after yeah. my wedding, yeah, yeah. right? I like yeah. that. And then I then I said I'm done. He said no, please one more. People need hope. This world is in chaos. Just you know, people are anxious and stuff. Sure. Can we give them hope? And I said okay. What are you going to pick? He said Hosea. I said Hosea. <laughs> <I said, "Josea?" laughs> you got to be <laughs> kidding me. But it turned out to be a really good, oh. a really good <laughs> book, a really good read. And those are all still available from Amazon, print on demand. We've stopped keeping our own inventories because it's expensive, and who knows what the demand is going to be, and that changes.
0: What's your website again, Jen? I want to get that Uh, out a couple times. Well,
2: our website is livingdialogministries.org. Livingdialog, D-I-A-L-O-G. There's Mm -hmm. no U-E on on the front cover. Livingdialog.org. And our website for interaction and evangelism, which we'll get to in a minute, is called lifesbasicquestions.com. Those are our two primary websites. Okay. We have some other websites, but those are our two primary websites. Okay. You can go on those websites. Uh, with the Answers website, you can get answers to any question. We have it's an interactive website. You can ask a question. Uh, we'll get right back to you with an answer. And they're all done in confidence.
1: And what kind of questions would people ask on there? Uh,
2: we, we deal with questions on faith. That's a good question. Faith, uh, eternity, uh, and life questions. We don't get the politics. Mm. We, don't the pol- we get the politics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> be a good that's, a a good, a that's a good policy. What would, be a main, what would you say one or two of the, the big questions people might ask that are not yet a Christian over your years of experience? Well, let, me, right?
2: let me just ask, answer that in a couple of ways. First of all, does God really exist, mm. and how do we know it? How mm. can we be sure that God really exists? Another big question, is the Bible really true? How do we know it's God's word? Mm. And, of course, there's answers to that. Uh, then a big question we get well if it's a loving God how can he condemn anyone to hell yeah. well the answer of course is he doesn't, he gives people choices we have free will, people choose either to follow him and go to heaven and in paradise or they choose to go the other way then we get the question which I think is a really important Is well how does one become a Christian mm-hmm. uh, and we answer that question in on a website uh, mm-hmm. in our booklets because that's a primary question and then We get questions, follow on which is, well, what happens to me once I become a Christian? What is a Christian life like? Mm -hmm. And then we answer that question which is called next steps. But those are the kind of key questions that we get, and others like that. In fact, we got the booklet questions by doing a survey of pastors, chaplains of sports teams, uh, young life leaders, FCA leaders, Mm -hmm. AI leaders, uh, and our answers team, about 12 people got together and we said, we've got 30 questions here that have come up that look like this is the most frequently asked, which is the 12 most
0: important. Okay.
1: So, so Jack, with yeah. this book, I was just thinking about Tristan and the work he's doing at uh, Grove City with Young Life. Yes. Is there a way for them to get some books? Absolutely. Okay. And we, the, we actually the do, young, we do it for Young Life, and we put
2: Young Life uh, IDs on the back. Oh! With, oh! Wow! We the customize of, them. With customize! Wow! We get a So we get, first, bay, so we get young
1: life merch. If we, yeah. first, the first five hundred are, free. <laughs> the oh, wow. 500. 500 are free, the first five hundred The first five hundred are after that,
2: they're wow. they're really cheap. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, but we we offer we we'll start first five hundred are free. My goodness. We do young life for Cleveland West Shore and under policy. Andy Reid, We did that. Uh, we do it in Southwest Florida under Bill Loy. Uh-huh. We produce booklets. For, they use it. Kids go to camp. They all, they all, they that's a great thing for them. That's great. The yeah.
0: Now, in how many languages, Jack, at this time?
2: Well, let me think. Let me think. <laughs> we recite them. It's easier than to count them. It's English and Spanish. The uh, it's in Arabic. It's in Russian. <clears throat> uh, it's going to be in Chinese, Japanese, and German, we believe. Wow. And that's going to be as many languages as we're going to deal with because we're partnering with an organization called. GMO, Global Media Outreach. Mm -hmm. They have, I think, 26 websites all over over the globe. One is called godlife.com, godlife.com, and they're putting our answers booklet on their website, uh, and it's being responded to all over the globe, uh, and they're redoing their website now, and pretty soon they'll have the Arabic up and the Russian up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's amazing how God has led us to translators. I mean, how do you find a really good (coughs) Arabic translator? Right. Right, wow. A little short story. Yeah. Uh, the, the executive director of our ministry, Brian Regler, who lives in Richmond, we're kind of a distributed ministry, uh, is involved in church plants around the world, including Egypt. Uh, and a lot of Egyptians to live in the Richmond, Virginia area. Yeah, right. He's in an EPC, Evangelical Presbyterian Church. So he reached out to his, they planted a church in, in Egypt, and to the pastor there, and said, do you have someone who could translate the booklet? He said, there's a young lady who's converted from Islam, to Christianity. She's in seminary. She can use some money. She'd be a wonderful translator. So I said, okay, how much is it going to cost us? You know, business guy. What is, what is it going to cost us? She said, how about $200? I said, I think we can afford that. We can afford. <laughs> so we did, so she came back, and then we, we within three weeks, we had the translation. Mm. And so we, we passed it through the pastor in Egypt, and then we passed it through the Egyptian contacts that we have in Richmond. They said, it reads beautifully. Nice. Mm. So mm. it's now on gmo's website but all we also gene and i support a ministry in jordan and so his name is uh, mantra shahati uh a we name. Got to know, and so we support his ministry in jordan and he's using it for his ministry nice uh, and then through a bible study <clears throat> we have in our church in florida there's a fellow named uh, neil leshman who is 25 years like you but only in moscow mm. uh, and he can't get back right now so he's in florida so i said to him could you translate this into Russian? We have a team that translates English to Russian all the time. Oh, nice. So he sent it over to them. Came, wow. came back in like a week. Oh my god. Translated into Man. Russian. Right before I signed it, he said, okay, in Russia, what's it gonna cost us? He said, How about fifty dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I said, How about a <laughs> hundred? God, but we you know, God provides a, Not a coincidence. Yeah, right. Here's a know. friend who's a yep. Russian connection, Egyptian connection, and John Beckett uh, was our okay. original connection yeah. with GMO and wow. so this little wow. booklet mm-hmm. uh, that we yeah. took as a simple tool in English it's a great idea. is now yeah. being seen by millions of people all over the
0: globe. Like little seeds just the, being yeah, scattered. planting seeds of the gospel. Jack, I want to draw on your engineering background for a moment. Oh, boy, yeah, that's uh, uh, <laughs> But I want the listeners to hear from your point of view as an apologist, but also an engineer, on the idea of intelligent design and fine-tuning of the universe, that it just couldn't have happened. I mean... You know, mathematically or statistically It just yeah. couldn't happen
2: Well, let me just back up a little bit And, and reviewing the early scientists in the 1500s, They were all Christians And they believed that a rational God Would have a rational creation That was governed by laws uh, And by mathematics mm-hmm. and basic principles in all the sciences And it could be discovered Because God gave us the, the sense of curiosity Which I believe is in your soul mm-hmm. uh, And so they pursued the idea that a rational being could find a rational explanation for what goes on, you know, Galileo and Newton and Planck and all these guys who study the case. Sure. They weren't studied as Christian scientists, not Christian scientists, but Christian scientists. Yeah. Uh, they were studied before their wonderful discoveries. And you look at today what we know from additional uh, scientific discoveries, the creation is so complex that it has to be intelligent design. The, it, you ever hear of the concept called uh, irreducible complexity? Yes,
0: right. By Behe. Yeah. With the mousetrap.
2: With the mousetrap. The simplest version, if you take away one feature of the mousetrap, it doesn't work.
0: It's got five components. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only screener. got five components. <laughs>
2: you know how many components are in your, in your system for your blood to clot? Fourteen. Wow. Any one missing, your blood won't clot. That's right. That's, huh. that's a simple part of it. Then you got DNA. And you got the helical oh, mouse. Gosh. you got yeah. all that stuff. But in, for there being any life forms on the planet, to show you how complex it is, Scientists today uh, have, have agreed that at least 38 variables have to be perfectly aligned for there to be any life forms, any bacteria, anything, let alone human beings. It includes the, the shape of the Earth, the size of the Earth's magnetic core, the inclination, the rotation speed, the distance from the <laughs> sun, the moon. Actually, the lineup of our planets, the big planets, absorb the space junk. Instead of bombarding the Earth with all the stuff, they're being absorbed by the big planets. Yeah. And on and on and on and That's on amazing, Jim. And so you look at that and you say, Boy, you know, and people misunderstand apologetics, yeah. John, because they say, what are you apologizing for? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not apologizing. It's a Christian right. term to explain, you know, what Christians believe, why they believe it, and why it's important. And we mm. cover that topic in our book, uh, on one of the chapters on apologetics. Okay. I also do talks on apologetics and end times and the gospel and a lot of other things that I do is on the side besides besides this word. right?
0: Where do you give these talks, in case I, any of our listeners are interested or a pastor might be listening in?
2: Uh, I do them in church Bible studies. I will do them for ISI, Iron Sharpens Iron, if they ask me to. They're looking for doing something in the evening. Uh, I do, I've do. i done it on Zoom conferences for people's Sunday school classes hmm. uh, during the COVID time. A uh, right. good friend of mine who is our state attorney at the Sunday school class with Methodist Church in the east side of Cleveland, he said, would you do a study for us this winter? We're kind of locked down. So I said, sure. First question I asked him, I said, how about I do something on apologetics? He said, what is that? I thought, Uh. oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You've been in Sunday school for 40 years. You don't know what apologetics is," And no one in their class did either. Oh, my God! So I I did two sessions. I took it in two pieces. You know, what Christians believe and then why they believe it and then why it's important for you to know it so you can share your faith. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's I thought. And then I I said, well, do you want to talk about end times? They didn't say what's that, but I think they were probably. Funny right <laughs> how those are the kind of things that I do beyond what I'm doing here. For so here. in your
0: travels, you would say Christians in general just aren't that well versed in, as it says in Peter's, uh, be ready always to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. You know, I mean that we should be a prepared people to give a message. You know, and you've, you're seeing that over the years that. Generally, we as Christians aren't not that well prepared to, to answer. John, I things.
2: think that's very insightful. My uh, take on all this is it's a very sad take that when you talk with people, they aren't equipped to share their faith, and they get a question thrown back at them. They don't know the evidence, they don't know the scriptures, and they get stymied. There's that program, "Share Jesus Without Fear," hmm. and we went, we did that at our church in Florida, and it was role playing and stuff. And you could see where people who were Christians for a long time couldn't answer the questions because they didn't know the evidence, they didn't know the truth, and so in apologetics, in the book, we try to help them walk that line in apologetics mm-hmm. so yeah. they're prepared to share Jesus without fear. In fact, right. we, we tell them. we have on, In the in the back of that book, there's something called the gems of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Instead of an appendix, which sounds like a body part. Yeah, right. That's why I said, let's call them the gems of wisdom. What wisdom has God shared with us? And one of them is how to share your faith with confidence. Mm. So it's a kind of a supplement to help people understand what kind of questions to ask and how to answer them.
1: Yeah, and I just want to summarize your book for the listeners. So Answers to Your Greatest Questions by Jack Dannemiller. And when you take a look at it, I mean, this is a great resource. First chapter, most frequently asked questions. Does God exist? What is God like? Uh, What happens when we die? Is sin really serious? Second chapter, creator, intelligent design. Then it goes into the creation in the beginning, heaven and hell, uh, Jesus, God with us, uh, so so on and so forth. So you really cover, you summarize right. the Bible in easy, easy terms. A great reference point. Well, thank you. And we, yeah.
2: it was an effort of, first inspired by, I believe it was inspired writing. Yeah. We had a wonderful team who mm-hmm. has that's been, that book's been edited three times, twice wow. by pastors, to be oh, sure really? it's biblically correct. And so these are not our opinions yeah. from the ministry. We want to be sure it's yeah. what we believe. The truth of the scriptures is what God says, right? Because it's not what we think; it's what God thinks, right? And so yeah. that that book is based, and we cite scripture references. Oh yeah, everything that. that we do, right? So it's not Jack's ideas or Don's ideas, <laughs> sure. but it's God's thoughts,
1: right? You know, one of the biggest questions, and I'm not sure that it was in that um, you know that short story book you have. But why is there pain and suffering in the world? I can't tell you how many times I get that from non-believers and even believers. When they have an event that shakes them to the core, you see their faith fall away. Yes. And you know, I I like what Dr. Lennox talked about. Uh, you know, where he mentions the fact that you have to realize that Jesus didn't sit outside the stadium. He came into the game, died on the cross for us shed his blood so that we can have eternal life. So he participated because of the sin we created back in the Garden of Eden. I mean, how do you answer that question when you hear it?
2: That's a good question. It's a very tough question. It is, yeah. uh, Because people think, well, if it's a loving God, we wouldn't have all this problem. right? He created us, and human beings, and placed them in the garden in a perfect environment. Mm -hmm. Only one restriction, do not eat from the tree of the life of of good and evil but they did yeah and they brought sin and along with that death not just physical death because there had been physical death before the fall in the garden he brought spiritual death uh to those who because of sin because god is perfect and holy and he can't have sin in his presence Uh, and so we live in a fallen world the consequences of that are disease accidents uh man's inhumanity to Mm -hmm. man as chuck colson would always say he said you don't understand the depravity of man until you see man up close. Mm-hmm. And so we've all inherited that sin nature, and only by a relationship with Jesus Christ can we be transformed and be made new creations in him. Yeah, uh, And Jesus is the only answer to all the world's issues uh, because the government's not going to do it, and even the church mm-hmm. is not going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. And so I just tell them that it's, it's the world we live in. It wasn't the uh, intent, but I'll tell you one thing. There's a new world coming. God has promised to recreate a perfect environment for those who love him, who called according to his purpose, and someday we'll have a new heaven and a new earth, and it'll be for those who trusted in Jesus alone. Uh, And it's going to be perfect, and all this will be gone. I've got doctor friends who have a really hard time. Doctors have a hard time. They see so much pain and suffering, and if they aren't believers, they have a hard time accepting a loving God when they see up front Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. problem that they have. But eventually... There's a wonderful book by Jerry Bridges called Trusting God. And I think if I recommend one book for a starter for the non-believer, we did that as a Bible study, and it brought the doctor in our group who was a terrific skeptic, a radiologist who saw all the ugly stuff. Uh, and Everett said, uh, I finally understand that I need to trust God because mm. I'll never understand it in my human understanding. Mm-hmm. He had a terrible thing happen to him. He was a radiologist. Yeah, uh, He had a physical exam. Uh, his doctor uh, misread the the uh, diagnosis. Three years later, he has lung he has he has a tumor in his heart, inoperable. Mm.
1: Oh my God! He oh. went
2: back and looked at the X-rays. Had he looked at it himself, he was, saw at the beginning it was operable. It oh. wasn't operable three years later. Oh my God! Later metastasized to his brain, and his desire was to be was to live to his 80th birthday. In Indiana, his whole family gathered on his 80th birthday. They had a birthday party for him. Sang "Happy Birthday." Closed his eyes and died.
0: Is that right? That's it. That's wow! It on his
2: 80th birthday, oh my God gosh. granted him his. but wow. But he was he was a doctor, uh, and a skeptic. But that study of uh, and who is the author again? Jerry Bridges. Jerry Bridges. Bridges. Called, I I don't often recommend other people's books. I sure. Think it's navigators put it on. Yeah, up. but so. it's a really good book because it gets to okay. the heart of thing. Do you trust him or not?
0: Yeah. Especially, like you say, Dave, with pain. Yes. I yeah. heard a little illustration once where a little mother would take a little boy to the doctor's office and he'd give him an exam and this and that, and then he'd always let him get a piece of candy and he'd give him a coloring book. <laughs> well, the one day he goes in there and the doctor, uh, you know, he's always happy to go see the doctor. He'd give him good things. One day he goes in there and the doctor takes a little pin and puts it in his finger, and he, he goes, ouch, and he takes some blood. And then he takes his shorts down and puts a bigger needle in his buttocks. And the boy's screaming. He goes, you never did that before. I always got good things from you. Did the doctor love him any less when he gave <laughs> him the shot? No, he loved him more. more yes. But from the little boy's limited point of view, <laughs> yes. he couldn't see it. That's
2: a very good analogy. Very good
0: analogy. And so from our limited view in terms of pain, we don't see it. With, right. Yeah. With God has reason.
2: Well, and I know in this last year, as I say, it's been tough for me, uh, when my wife's body was failing and with congestive heart failure and pulmonary hypertension, a lot of things. scleroderma, 45 years, just took her life. The last four months, five months for me were really tough because I was your caregiver and uh, you know, we had a lot of prayers. We thought maybe she'd be healed here, but she got perfect healing on March 14th, uh, 2020 when the Lord took her home. And I was, uh, I was with her the night before the 13th of March we were sitting there, she was reading her Bible, which she always did. She had, couldn't eat that day and knew that she, her life was about over. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I, we were holding hands, and she looked at me and said, uh, If Jesus comes to take me home tonight, is it okay with you if I go with him?
1: Whoa. Wow. She said that. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're sorry for your
2: loss. Yeah. What it was like yeah. was yesterday. And I said, of course. I said, you were a child of God before he placed you in my life. And of course, if he comes to take you home, you go with him. She survived the night. Uh, I stayed up as late as I could got a few hours of sleep, got up early in the morning. She was the nurse. I said, call me if things change. Yes. She was alive in the morning, the 14th. Uh, we were talking. Uh, she was fairly coherent, not much pain. Uh, and then right at the end. About exactly nine o'clock on the on the 14th of March, she looked at me and said, "I love you." Closed her eyes and was gone like that. that you could feel match. You could feel her spirit leave her body. Is that the right? transformation was incredible. Wow! Wow! Because we were holding hands and it just changed. just like that. She closed her eyes and it was over. Man. And You were in Florida at the time. Yeah, yeah Florida.
0: Florida. During COVID. Wow! Yeah, started. And
2: hospice now. wanted to send her out for hospice. Oh. I said, "Keep her no. right here." Yeah. I said, this is going to be her last few months. I want to be with her. And I want to be with her every moment of Right, every day.
0: Mm. right, right. Gosh, Amazing, okay. Jake. That's just an incredible, incredible story. And so I share that so right. people understand wow. that uh,
2: God is merciful. Uh, it's hard sometimes to believe the scriptures. that all things, mm. God works for the good of those who right. love him and called him for his purpose. But even in death, there's good. Uh, because I wouldn't want her to have to live in the condition she would have found herself in. Yeah. with oxygen bound yeah. to a wheelchair, Amen for surviving. Right. You know, God took it home for yeah. perfect healing. Yeah, And that's available to everyone who puts their trust in Christ. Yeah, mm. And we just don't know when, but we know it's for sure.
0: Yeah, You know, when I was teaching in northern Thailand in villages, I'd look, you know, we'd be sitting on the floor in this little gathering, i say, if you're going to put your life in the trust of somebody, put it in the trust of somebody who's called the resurrection and the life. Because he answers life's biggest mystery, biggest inevitability, biggest fear, biggest everything, and that's who Jesus is. Absolutely. The resurrection and the life. So you have that hope (laughs) to rejoin.
2: Well, the resurrection for me is the foundation of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. The cross is critically important. Otherwise, there's no forgiveness of sin and no atonement.
0: Right. But if there's no resurrection, there's no hope. Speak to that, Jack, in terms of apologetics. Yeah, I think it's very important for
2: for people to realize that the, the Christian faith is different from all other religions because other religions say there is a path to god but there is no path to god there's a way to god and jesus said in john 14 6 i am the way the truth and life the way Mm -hmm. no one comes to the father except by me right Uh, and it's the resurrection that gives us the hope because we have so much evidence of the resurrection not Mm -hmm. only the 12 uh, close disciples who became the apostles but Mm -hmm. over 500 people Mm -hmm. saw jesus when he walked the planet for 40 days it wasn't like it was a in instant appearance, and <laughs> yeah, disappeared. Right. But right. for 40 days, he sat down and had breakfast with people. He ate. They touched him. He was really, he said, I'm not a ghost. Mm-hmm. He said, and this is a forerunner of us. Uh, those of us who put our trust in Christ will be resurrected just like Jesus. We'll have these glorious bodies that will never die. Uh, it's like it says in uh, Revelation 21, 4. You know, that's uh, one of my favorite scriptures these days. Uh, and I think about it a lot because uh, it reminds us that. Uh, this body that we have mm-hmm. is going to be replaced. There'll be no more death or mourning, no, oh, no more crying or pain. Yeah. The old order like of things. I get my hair passed. back? <laughs> the, old order, the old order of things have passed away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of what Jesus did at the cross right. and right. His resurrection yeah. and His ascension. Well, people forget about the ascension. That yeah. was also witnessed by people as He was raised up and taken up mm-hmm. to sit next to God, where He was before His incarnation. If you look at Isaiah 6 and read the first five or seven verses of Isaiah's vision of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in the temple It's mm-hmm. incredible. He gave all that up for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what he gave up. Yeah, no, okay I'm mean, kidding. Okay. It would make the it would make the presidency of the United States look like a poverty place Right, right. You know the White House would, would look like uh, somebody's shack in the back. Yeah mm. uh, But in fact, God Jesus gave all that up uh, and his relationship with his father To come to earth to show us how much God loves us.
0: Mm It doesn't
2: get any better than that. It doesn't get any better.
0: Yeah. The empty tomb requires unbelievers to offer some explanation. Right. You know, we can, like you, Jack, can offer and show the scriptural as well as the historical evidence that there is an empty tomb. But even critics, you're going to have to say, okay, explain this. When all the other religious leaders Mm. have a great monument, they have a a tomb, and people make pilgrimages, when you go to the Holy Land and you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's empty. I mean, yeah. what, what, please explain that. You know.
2: Well, you make a good point. With other religions, I always tell people, you know what? Uh, the object of your faith is more important than the, than the sincerity of your faith. If your faith is in the right object, Jesus, then your sincerity will follow. Right. But I said, mm-hmm. all the other founders of all the other religions are dead. I said, who wants to follow a dead leader?
0: Yeah.
2: I said, don't you want to follow someone who's alive and offers you the, the, the expectation and the certainty of eternal life? choose and we deal with that in here yeah we, right we, and in the book we deal with all Christianity kind of and other religions yeah I think that's yeah. important can chapter. you say that it's saying really again the, the
1: object of your faith is more
2: important than the sincerity of your faith. I can be really sincere about something but if it's sincere about let's say I'll uh, use oh, President Trump let's say let's say sincere about George Washington mm-hmm. that's one I don't have my faith in George Washington he was a Christian mm-hmm. but I have my faith in Christ I can be really sincere about my faith. I can be a sincere Buddhist. I can be a sincere Muslim. Hmm. The sincerity isn't doesn't mean much if it's in the wrong object. Exactly right. So it's the object of your faith, which is Jesus Christ and his resurrection, that makes the difference. It's Let's... not. And then sincerity will follow. Right. Hmm. But as you get the cart before the horse, you got the wrong horse or mm-hmm. the wrong cart or mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's why I always say, check out your bungee cord before you go bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is secure and strong and tested. And too many people, it's they, they think it's strong, these other faiths and religions, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the capacity
1: to, to bring you into the eternal life. Right. In fact, in
2: the, in the book, mm-hmm. uh, we had...
1: Uh, Answers to uh, your greatest questions?
2: Yeah, in, in this book, yeah, you're great. We, we had, uh, I had four pastors and four Bible scholars write me, I said, less, 150 words or less, the difference between Christianity and all the world religions.
1: Uh, and I have it. Is Is that in here? Is that in the book? Or did you summarize uh, the. It's going to be in the next book. Okay. It's a book I'm writing now. Oh, it's uh, not out?
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's it's the cool. title of the book you're writing now. Right down. now, I'm well along the road in a book called Renewing Your Mind Thinking Like a Christian, subtitled Devel- A Journey in Developing a Biblical Worldview. Mm. How does God see the world we live in, and how should we see it through His eyes? Mm. And we're covering uh, nine topics in our culture, uh, including the origins of man, mm. social cool. justice, politics, theology. I wrote the chapter on theology. I tried to get some pastors read it. I didn't. I knew you were busy. I couldn't reach out to you, but I said, <laughs> fact, "I had to send it to you." I'd like your comments, okay. John, because uh, I sent it to pastors. I got some good feedback. I said, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a seminar graduate, but I think I can write it. Hmm. And I got some really good feedback from Chris Scruggs and Hugh Auburn. uh, uh, And I incorporated their stuff into it, and so it's pretty robust. But I'd like your take on it before Mm -hmm. it goes to press. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're doing one on
1: economics. Uh, does, does the
2: Bible have a view on economics? What about property ownership? Oh, uh, what, about, Grove, what about the Christian work ethic? Yeah,
1: at Grove City College, we have a professor um, who actually wrote a book on Christian economics. It, it's really cool. I should, I, should, I should get you a copy. Well, should give me a copy. It's, but, very, uh, it's very interesting.
2: I, I will see that, uh, well, when the new book comes out, I'm pretty close. I've got to finish. Right now, I'm struggling with the origins of man. There's so much diverse, mm. diverse, uh, diversity of opinion about it. I'm thinking, how can I put all this together? Mm. But Chris gave me some really good feedback on it. Is that, that right? i got two others. One, one a very good friend of mine has written a book called To Know With Certainty. Lee Souther's book is aimed at helping people know with certainty their Christian faith and being able to share it. It's called mm-hmm. To Know With Certainty by Lee Souther. Sure. And uh, he's a Ph.D. biologist, uh, successful venture capitalist, I mean, he's <laughs> and he's working on another book too. <laughs> uh, but I have thought I had, <coughs> excuse me, had it done. I sent it to him. He rewrote it and made it so long <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> from a scientific standpoint. I said, uh, now, I'm re- now I'm rewriting it again. Uh, if we put it through something called Grammarly. You ever hear Grammarly? Oh, that makes the corrections, Yes. Oh, but a... it also helps you rewrite yeah. things. Really? Yeah. Apparently oh, it wow. will take and you know, change it. Well, I think it Grammarly made it hardly intelligible. I'm trying to write to an audience that will get it yeah. as opposed to some sophisticated scientific Elastic, community.
0: Right. Well, walk us through the process of doing a book. I mean, how do you... Well, you that's, to, a good, that's a good yeah.
2: question. Uh, first of all, you start by prayer. Yeah. The question is, does God want me to write this book or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if so, what's its contents going to be? Uh, and so as we started our journey with the very first book, The Invitation, uh, we prayed, we studied, we, we went to the scriptures to see what the scriptures had to say first of all, mm. uh, and then how do we interpret those and make them understandable for the reader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next question is, who's your audience? Okay. Who are you writing the book for? Is it for youth in the church? Is it for business people? Uh, is it for a, a broad audience? And if right. so, how broad? Mm-hmm. Is there an age bracket you're trying to shoot for? Sure. Uh, are you aimed at seekers or believers? Or both? And so you've got to define your audience and that helps you shape the character mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then you've got to think, well, what kind of subjects do we feel the market, uh, the marketplace has a need for. Right. I mean, if you're in business, you're looking for marketing. Where is the need? You either have it, yes. find a need and fulfill it, or you create a need and fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And so we thought that there was a need to have a different approach to Bible studies, for example. There was a need for a new tool for evangelism. So we defined that there. W- we thought there was a need. That we are we capable of fulfilling the need? I see. Uh, and do we have the, the skills to do it? Do we have the resources to do it? Uh, and then. Then the question is, you know, how long are we going to dedicate time to to write this book? This can't be years and years. You've got to get it done because the need will change. The market will change. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we decided we had to write them within a year. And we couldn't take three years to write a book. Uh, Some people take five years to write a book. Some people never finish a book. Uh, We also learned that it's a very tough market to break into. There are over 50,000 new books self-published on Christian-related subjects. Every year, oh, wow. fifty wow. thousand. There are over three hundred thousand new titles published yeah. every year, mostly print on demand by individuals. They probably never never find a market. No they they give it to their yeah. grandkids, and they find yeah. a brand, you know, they leave a legacy. Uh-huh. Uh, but we weren't looking for leaving a legacy. We were looking for reaching markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, that's kind of what. Those are kind of the steps. And then we end, ended up saying, okay, we we'd put a first draft together and a second draft together, and then we get editors. We try mm-hmm. to find editors and we find editors who are used to editing, I would say, Christian-oriented books. Not not worldly-oriented books, but Christian-oriented books. So we found one in Atlanta, we found one in Michigan. Uh, we got some contact through Zondervan. We had some, a fellow who had his own publishing business who was part of our ministry team, Dirk Waringa, up in Grand Haven, Michigan. So we, we, you access resources and you bring them together okay. and somehow, just like a business plan, you lay a strategy out, you have a business plan, you have all these pieces in huh. it, and step one, two, three, four, five. And at the end you, have, you hope you have a product that's interesting, marketable. Right. Uh, and then you try to find a publisher. Huh. A publisher who has contacts in the world of Christian distribution. Uh, family life bookstores have kind of died. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, there's, but there's a, several publishers Unless you're, unless you're a big name, if you're a Max Licato or something, you can you can go to... Rick Warren, yeah. Rick Warren, you can go to Zonby, you can go to Nelson, they'll grab your books. But if you're new in the field, uh, you've got to go to someone like Ingram Sparks, who has connected with all the Christian distribution networks. They're connected with the website of ChristianBooks.com on, on your phones. So they get it into the marketplace. Also, they're connected with church bookstores. Churches still have a lot of books. Yeah. Our books. Our church in Florida has a wonderful bookstore and gift shop, uh, and we our books are there. Uh, and so we so you try to find a publisher as an unknown author who can get your book sure. visibility. Mm-hmm. I call it visibility, kind of like a new product. Right. How, do like time, right. okay. How do you get visibility? Right. How do you get visibility? Makes sense. Right. Uh, and sometimes you do well. Sometimes you stumble. Yeah. You know, we've had one publisher didn't do as well as we thought, so we switched publishers and. Uh, so that's kind of the okay. steps. Yeah, I was just curious. A, it's a very uh, demanding mm-hmm. journey. I think the, the the discipline I got in case in problem solving uh, was a discipline to solve problems in producing a book. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. then to be a part of my background is is a strategic planner. I was uh-huh. director of strategic planning for Diamond Shamrock Corporation. <clears throat> uh, you know, after I left Diamond after twenty five years, I went to Leaseway Transportation, where I became president of the company in eighteen months. God's provision because. Unfortunately, our president got ill, had to take a medical oh leave, gosh. and I've only been there sixteen months. And, a, and the chairman did a search and had me in the search. I figured it was, you know, just a nice thing to do. Came one day, called me to his office. And I want you to be president of the company. I said, You got to be kidding! Whoa! Uh, and Jerry McDonough, be a good friend, just died this last year, unfortunately, mm, ninety-three. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I came there, and then all of a sudden. You know, that, that business got, well, it's a long history, I'll get into that, but that time, the, the O'Neill's owned the Indians, and it was a great place to be. Well, things happened, and I left. Uh, and and with Bearings Incorporated, which became AIT, which is where I transformed the company with the help of a great team, from just a Bearings distribution company to a system seller of all kinds of components. Wow. Uh, and that's what you see in that little handout that I had. Yeah. Uh, but that was God's transformation. You know, I had somebody come to me and say, uh, Come with us, and we'll make you chairman of the company one day. I said, "I've heard that before," but I did, and they were on, and they were honorable. But that's where I, God allowed me to get involved with Cleveland Leadership Prayer Breakfast. Okay, I was on the formation team for the Billy Graham Crusade here. Got to know Chuck and Patty Colson. We all supported Christian uh, his business, uh, Prison Fellowship Ministries. Great, uh, great and that ministry, was God opened all those doors. I didn't have anything to do with that.
0: How about any steps? Are you associated with that? Yes. The, the trust. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Uh-huh. Um, now, let's see, Ben Lee is a new leader. At, a new and leader. Rob Cathcart was a, was a leader yes, of in his steps ministry. We, we all, Gene and I have a number of funds around. Mm-hmm. We support those foundations. We support that, the Westside uh, Community Foundation, yes. uh, others like that. Mm-hmm. And we use that to, to f- channel funds through <clears throat> not only Christian organizations, but a, a, a Community West Foundation has something called a SOX program. It's for kids and for families who don't have anything, so we su- we support the socks sure yeah and yeah, we support the the uh, uh, children's uh, cancer hospital in Florida. Mm. Everybody every kid ought to tr- ought to take a tour of a, ch- a kids cancer cos- cancer hospital, change their lives. When Gene and I went through that twenty years ago, I said, "Wow, mm. those families talk about a need yeah. for hope." Mm. Uh, it's eye opening. We, yeah. we, we live in a world we don't see that.
0: It's a broken world, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if you mm-hmm. talked about the broken world, there's a broken
2: world. Oh heck yeah! And yeah. So anyhow, right? Uh, all those things, God opened
1: all those doors. We didn't have a thing to do with it. Amazing. So you know, we have about ten minutes yeah. left or less. Um, you know, in terms of your daily life, uh, you know, being centered on yeah. Christ, how do you how do you go about that? So that other people are watching you, you know, if you get hit with a tsunami or other things have happened over your, you know, your lifetime raising the yeah. children, how do you stay centered on Christ? How do you control every thought, like like Jesus tells us to do? The only way I found to
2: do it is spend time in His Word and prayer. Hmm. I start every day uh, with the Lord, uh, and then
1: uh, what does that time look like? Pardon. What does that time look like in How the morning? About time in the morning. Well, what does your time look like? Like what? How's that structure? How okay. You well, structured? structure.
2: First, the first thing I do is I thank him for getting me through the night and for the, his, his mercies are fresh every morning. I look outside and I see the dew on the grass. I thank that His promises are true every day. His word is true every day. Hmm. I look forward to our extended quiet time. So I spend probably, you no, know, the first thing probably ten minutes. Then, I have breakfast, and of course, I pray before breakfast. Right after breakfast, I have my extended quiet time. Uh, and I do a couple of things. First, I worship. Uh, Jean was a wonderful musician, and oh. uh, she had a book called uh, Hymns of Faith, uh, and who, the hymn and who wrote it. So I offer God either song or spoken praise every morning from this hymnal. Hmm. I sing praises to God, to Christ,
1: every wow. morning. Lift. It's I lift. called Hymns
2: of Praise. Yeah, Hymns of Praise. I, I'll, I'll get the exact title, but it, okay. and then on the other side, huh. it talks about the the writer's Christian journey, and you'll learn so much mm-hmm. about these people. I expect them to be in heaven someday. I mean, these these writers are incredible. It's not just not only a hymnal. But, uh, it's a little different than that. Okay. <laughs> it's a little different. I'll, I'll, I'll tell okay. you what it is. I'll get it to John okay. and let you know. Okay. So I start you. out with that, then I follow that with an Old Testament reading. I'm rereading through the scriptures. I don't know, this year probably my second or third time, and I'm going through the uh, Book of Exodus. I'm on Exodus right now mm-hmm. and seeing what does God show me from their journey again. What new truths does do I does He show me uh, from the Book of Exodus? So I do the Old Testament reading, and I pray, and then I do a New Testament reading. I'm going through the Gospel of Luke again, uh, and I'm looking at you know what what truth is God showing me today for my life today, uh, and so that's quite a bit of time, uh, and then. Uh, Depends on what my needs are, but pretty soon I'm either outside getting some exercise so I can, get, I don't want to sit too long because mm-hmm. it's not healthy at 83 to sit for a long time. Right. Uh, and then I come back in and I go to the office and I work on the book. Before I work on the book, I pray. I, I pray for God's inspiration. What do you want me to say here? Well, I don't want these to be my words. I want them to be your words. Right. How do I write this chapter on his origins of man? You know, What about the pre-Anamic people? Where do they come from? Yeah. Uh, you know whether uh, they have eternal souls or not? Are they yeah. still with us today? Yeah. If they're the ones who came across the Bering Strait, all this kind of stuff. So I pray for clarity, uh, and then I spend hour, hour and a half in there. I've been really battling a dry eye problem, oh, uh, and uh, it was to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't read, I couldn't watch TV, I couldn't, I couldn't oh, work on the computer at all. Yeah, and I was on an, ex- an experimental, but a very powerful drop called Restasis. The doctor didn't tell me that ten percent of the people had this reacting to it. 90% is good, well I was the 10%. Okay. And my eyes would sting and burn, oh, was, I couldn't be in the light, it was, I was oh, the dark glasses, it was so terrible. And I finally was sharing that with my friend uh, Al Schierbaum, who was the director of FCA in Ohio, For he's over in Nashville now. We got talking, because I just come from the ISI conference that he asked me to speak in, and he said, can I pray for your eyes? I said, sure, that was Saturday night. So he prayed for my eyes, and that, and Sunday, I decided. The kind of, Lord said, "Stop taking this stuff." Mm. So I stopped taking the restasis and went back to my standard, sustained gel drops for my eyes. Mm. Woke up. Uh, woke up Monday morning. My eyes felt great. During the day, they felt better and better. <laughs> By the end of the day, I felt my eyes were healed. Wow! Not just not just because of the drops, but because of the prayer. And God works in many ways. You know, He says, "You know, stop doing what you're doing." And these gel drops are pretty simple, but they work. And now wow. I to take them three times a day. And I saw my eye doctor. I said, I think my eyes have been healed.
0: Man. Amazing. <laughs> and, That's phenomenal. And, you
2: know, he looks at me like, Gee, I've been on this stuff for 20 years. <laughs> I said, well, I was on it for six weeks and about killed me, so I'm off of it. And I said, by the way, I have a 90-day supply that I paid 140
0: bucks for it. If you want to give it to somebody, I've got it because I'm yeah. not going to
2: use it. Uh, well, <laughs> Chet,
0: thank you very much. Time went really quick this afternoon and uh, once again this is wnzn radio lorraine ohio and we had a great guest today jack Miller we're going to give the website out again before we finish but thank you jack i mean this is really illuminating yeah, i thank didn't you, know jack. a lot of this really stuff it. and i didn't you. know all of the books that you had published now i do <laughs> somewhat and i'm going to read them i did read some but um Let's give the audience one more time. Your how will they go and get All some right. of this uh, material?
2: The latest book called "Answers to Your Greatest Questions," which is a compilation of the last five years of answering questions, is available for a ministry website at Living Dialogue. That's Living Dialogue. D I A L O U uh, G org, or from our other website, which is called Life's Basic Questions dot com. The book is available there. Uh, it's also available at Amazon. Uh, looking under the, under the author of Jack Danamello, You can find the book there. Uh, we'd prefer you go to our ministry website, but I understand if you're a prime Amazon customer and want quick delivery, ours is quick, but whatever is more convenient for you. In either case, uh, we'd uh, welcome you to come. And And personally, I don't get a dime out of the books. Every dollar that we receive goes to the ministry so we can provide free materials to, to churches and the Christian ministries. So uh, I get nothing out of it except the satisfaction of seeing people come to know
0: Jesus. Wow, Jack. Wonderful. Thank you, Jack. God has really blessed you and your wife, and you've been a blessing to maybe hundreds, thousands. We don't even know until we all get to heaven. But thank you for coming in, Jack. I know you have a busy schedule. And uh, God willing, we'll have you back yeah, in to look at that new great. book. When you, well, yeah. talk. I <laughs> you I'd
2: love to come back and talk about yeah, that. wonderful.
0: Thank you, Jack. God bless okay. you guys. Stay Thank God bless you. you. And again, uh, we're closing off with WNCN, coming, to Lorain, Ohio, and we look forward to some special guests in the coming days, and also some interesting topics that we're going to be discussing. So once again, have a blessed weekend. If any of this information has caused you to be curious, maybe you haven't looked at the claims of Jesus Christ. Uh, Go to Jack's, uh, uh, everything he's told you about where you can contact him and get a hold of some of this information in the booklets he's put out. It'll be well worth it. And go to a church, a Bible-believing church this Sunday. If you're not a believer, if you are a believer, you should be in a Bible-believing church. But God bless you all and have a tremendous weekend and God's richest blessings. See you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Take care.